Rooted Podcast. We're Jeff and Rochelle, and hey, we're so excited to be uh, chatting with you. If this is your first time listening, we're so glad. And if you're a longtime listener, we're back. <laughs> we are back. So glad yeah. to see you. Yeah, you know, hey, we we moved houses. We did some uh, just major kind of life things and exactly it, it took us out of a rhythm but. it took us out of a rhythm but i think we're i think we're getting back there. yes i think i mean not to mention just just to kind of update you're you're at the end of getting your master's degree yes, so, so you're doing my project working on that project Taking I'm a lot of time with that yes. at the end as we speak in my last project for my doctorate of ministry so we're working on some so big things. So there's a things. lot going on. So pastoring a church, raising a family, <laughs> moving, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. You know. So we'll give ourselves a little grace, but yeah. hey, um, we're going to jump into a topic that's actually related to my project that I'm doing for my master's degree. So I've I've really uh, been studying a lot of this and really focusing on it, and uh, I think it'd be a cool thing to share with you. Yeah. Um, this is part of my project. It's not all of it, but talking about a God-centered home. Rather than mm. a child-centered home, <laughs> we may need to let that sink yeah, in for just a little bit. Yeah. Child-centered home versus a God-centered home. Do you want? Are we going to define this on the front end, or are we just going to walk through? Well, it? Here, here's a thing you might say: versus can it be both? No, it yeah, can't be. That's true. And um, I'm doing my whole project. Did a lot of research on parenting, what the Bible has to say about parenting, statistics about Gen Z. I feel like you asked me about Gen Z, I can tell you. <laughs> um, talking about the trends, specifically mm-hmm. in America, yes. in regards to children, um, the rearing of children, the expectations of children, um, and not just talking about young children, but talking about from babies all the way up to how parents interact with their adult children. Yeah. Um, people who may be, you know, in their 30s and 40s, but they're still interacting with their parents. Yeah. And all of this is connected. And really what it means overall to have a God-centered home is where God is literally at the center, mm. where the decisions made in the home are to honor God. And that at times can be opposed to, to even what I desire. Maybe it can be opposed to what our kids desire, especially as they're growing in maturity in the Lord. So that's really where that definition comes from. And I think that we should say right in the front end, this doesn't mean we do not celebrate our children. Uh, We don't make a big deal out of life events. I think, I think that's important to do that. I think we should celebrate our kids. So this is not, we're not going from, this is not grumpy. You know, this is not grumpy parenting where it's not all about you kids. We never say that to our kids. In fact, I think that's a scary thing. If you say that to your kids, um, Wait, maybe I have said that about what I'm disciplining. Sorry. (laughs) Forgive me, Lord. Forgive my kids. Okay. But as a rule of thumb, this is not, I would not advise this, nor do I think this is good. Go to your children and say, listen, it's all about what God wants and nothing about what you want. (laughs) They're going to misunderstand that. Well, but it's not even true. Right. No, God wants to give us the desires of of our hearts. He wants for our will to line up with his will. So hopefully he's changing us. Hopefully that's, you know, but that has to be the centerpiece in order to make wise decisions. Parenting. True. Involves so many decisions. In fact, I feel like I can at times get fatigued by decisions. Mm. Uh, what are we going to have for lunch? I don't know. <laughs> you know, what are we going to do for this? Really? We just, you know, it, yeah. it just, it, and then that's like the minor ones, but talking about some major ones, like 
will my child be involved in this? Mm -hmm. What college are they going to go to? Profession, things like that. So decision fatigue is real. But if you have the right goal, I think it really helps to make your decisions. That's true. That's true. They might even be made for you based on, I mean, seriously, based on the goal. It's like, okay, God's word says, so there we go. And if we decide to make our home a God-centered home, I I will just tell you, nobody, we, you will not regret it. There will, it will be difficult. There will be times where it's like, man, this is difficult because as Deuteronomy 6, 6 says, or 6 says, we're always supposed to be talking about God's word. We're always supposed to be making God a center. So, but we won't regret it. All the time. Never regret it. Now, so a lot of my study came from the fact that I'm seeing kids run the home Hmm. Uh, when they're little, they're determining the atmosphere of the home. Um, People even jokingly say things like, oh, now that we had kids, they run the house. Do they? Because, you you know, words matter. And and, and they're really not intended to run the house. Um, You are intended to honor God and and you're to work together as a family unit. But they're not in charge. Um, I see this a lot even with, like I was saying before, older adults who are still like determining what their 60 and 70 year old parents will do or Mm. how they will think on things because of their own behavior with basically using uh, the threat of of, of ceasing to have connection. Mm. You know, like you, you need to, and you know, we, we've kind of talked about this in other podcasts, but like you need to become woke or you're not going to get access to the grandchildren. Wow. That's, I mean, that's a big thing right now. Yeah. You know, or, you know, people who at one time were going to church faithfully and then their kids drop out and then they drop out. Yeah. And it's like, what happened? God wasn't the center. Somebody else was the center. So somebody mm. will take up the center position in the home. It, it, the question is, who is it going to be? And we got to be intentional about it. Yes. And so there's a scripture oh, that we, we were talking about and it's First Samuel 2 and it talks yep. about... Um, <laughs> Okay, so do you want to set the background up, or do you want me to do that? So you got Eli. The background, Eli the priest. So Eli's a priest, and really Eli, great priest. um, Honored. Honored God, loved God. We we could say Eli loved God, honored God, okay, Uh, as we look at Eli. But then his sons come along. He has two sons. Two sons. And if you look at, you know, the Old Testament, and I would say, what we're supposed to be doing today. You're raising up your children. Yes. And especially in the priesthood. I mean, they were going to follow him. They were going to take over. It's a family yeah. business, whether you yeah. like it or not. Right, That's, right. So, yeah. I mean, he's training them in how to, right. to worship God, really. So his job was to instill in his sons what it is to be a priest, how a priest lives, how a priest acts. With so other people, how to worship, everything. Exactly. Yes. And so it's not like, well, okay, whatever, you know, their ch- child, uh, their children did, that's fine. It wasn't Eli's fault. Eli was directly responsible for equipping his sons to be priests that would honor uh, other people and would live in the way God wants them to live. Okay. So we come upon this passage. Yeah. And just a side note, that's our job as parents too. Yes. We are to raise our children up in the priesthood. That's that's really what it is. I mean, I know we're talking about an Old Testament. It was vocation. Uh, I'm not is, talking no. about vocation. I'm talking about if you know Jesus Christ, your job is to... To get, make sure your kids get to heaven by teaching them and modeling for them. So, what does First uh, Peter two nine call us as followers of Christ? You are a chosen people, a royal yeah. priesthood. So we're we're in the priesthood. Yep. So we, okay, so we've got First Samuel two, and it says now the sons of Eli's 
were uh, of Eli were scoundrels who had no respect for the Lord wow. or for their duties as priests. Uh, when anyone offered a sacrifice, Eli's son would send over one of their servants to get a, a three-pronged fork. Really what was happening is that they were taking the sacrifices. They weren't doing what was right. Uh, and they were bringing other people along to do their bidding for that. And it's very clear that they weren't God-honoring people. Yes. Um, that's what the scripture says. Now, we could go through a lot of that, but we, we really don't have time uh, of, uh, to go through all that. Now, uh, this is what happens here mm. that I think is really key. A few verses later, this is verse 22. It says, Now, Eli was very old, but he was aware of what his sons were doing to the people of Israel. I think that's really like before we even move on to the another power punch verse, this one's really powerful. If we're aware of something, we're responsible Mm -hmm. for it. If I don't know something's happening, yeah, I don't know what's happening. I mean, that doesn't mean, well, oh, I'm just gonna bury my head in the sand and pretend like nothing's happening. I mean, I think it's our job to discover, but if we know. And I think we're as accountable people, I think as parents, sometimes we don't want to be aware. And when we're made aware, we, there's this feeling of, oh, my goodness, because we know we have to do something about it. And we still will have that feeling like, oh, man, do I really have to have this conversation? But God, anytime God makes you aware of something, he wants you to have that conversation. Well, so Eli does have the conversation. Yep. yep. He says in verse 23, Eli said to them, I have been hearing reports from all of the people about the wicked things you are doing. Why do you keep sinning? You must stop, my sons. The reports I hear among the people are not good. Um, If someone sins Mm -hmm. against another person, God can mediate for them. But if someone sins against the Lord, who can intercede? So Eli does confront them. And that's good. Good. Yeah. He he confronts. he, He brings to the open what's going on. He says, I know what's happening. You've got to stop. But I think that we could sit there and think, good, Eli did what he was supposed to, but he didn't. Yeah. Being a God-centered home, which is what we're talking about here, is not just merely about talk. Hmm. It's about action as well. So Eli said all the right things, but this verse is just uh, so, so crazy. A man of God comes to visit Eli and to give him a message. And and I won't read the first part because it's kind of just saying, you know, I set you up as a priest. Okay, so that's what the man of God says to him. But then he says, so why do you scorn mm. my offerings and or my sacrifices and offerings? Why do you give your sons more honor than you give me? Wow. Like, wow. and then he keeps going. Why do you give your sons more honor than me? I think when the man of God says that to Eli, it's like, why do Wow, why do you fear your kid's response more than you fear God's response? This is helpful for us because we might say that's unfair. Eli did what he had to do and his sons didn't listen. But the real issue of the matter, it goes beyond the one conversation he had. It it kind of gives us a glimpse into kind of what a father Eli was. And he's probably very passive. Yeah. As we look at this, very passive father. Tisk, tisk. And in that way. Yeah. He was showing that he was giving his sons more honor than God because he was more afraid of them than God. Anytime we're more afraid of somebody that their uh, response than we are of God, we have the fear of man in us. It could be somebody else. It could be our kids. And I tell you, whenever we're in that place, 
that's a bad place because that means that God's not number one. We all have to wrestle with that. Whenever Everyone we experience that yes. fear, I have to wrestle with it and say, where is this coming from? I have to get God in his proper place. Absolutely. It, it's so in this, the, the results of this are catastrophic for yeah. his family and it's generational. And that is what I'm hoping to do, even with my project, is to bring awareness to this, yeah. that there is so much power in, in our words and our actions combined. Mm. When we honor God, I believe you will see generational yes. impact in incredible ways. I believe that. Yeah. I believe that it, you can't just talk it. you got to walk it. Yeah. And it's, I mean... This is my whole premise of, of what I am sharing in my master's thesis is this, that parenting is more about training ourselves yeah. than it is about training other people. Mm. And it's about training ourselves to choose God first. It's about training ourselves yep. to be consistent in our walk. Um, I, I love Paul says, uh, you should train yourself to be godly. Oh, I you love know, that passage, yes. You know, you talk about, okay, physical training is a benefit, of course, but you should train yourself to be godly. Mm. And that tells me a couple of things. It's hard work. Yes. But it also tells me it can be done. Because if Paul's telling us to do it, then we can do it. Yeah. So. It's hard work, but we can do it. We can train ourselves to be godly with the power of the Holy Spirit and time in his word. I, I, I really believe you will see exponential results. And as we saw, the, there's going to be some positive, incredible positive fruit, not for you, but for the generations, just as you said. But if we don't, if we're passive, we don't yeah. even have to be evil. If we're passive, we're going to have, we're going to see that uh, cascade through the generations yes. as too. I really believe that yeah. antagonism within the priesthood took hold here, right here, because Eli refused to deal with his sons. And we we have what we had throughout the priesthood through on to where basically the priesthood is who um, went and said, okay, let's let's kill Jesus. Yeah. You know, now we know that, hey, God worked that for the benefit of humanity. But I'm telling you, when you don't deal with the, the what God has placed you in is entrusted to you now, it's going to reap the consequences Snowball. for the future. Yep. However, if we do what He's called us to do now, we will reap a harvest the if blessings. we do not give yep. up. Yes. And so, wow! If we have a God-centered home, the the benefits, the fruit that we will reap is is absolutely incredible. So, how does this practically work out? Because you know, it's like, oh, that sounds really good. God-centered. I think there's yeah. a couple of things that we could really say. This is not an exhaustive list. This is just some things that I think are important. Um, God needs to be number one, and and there's some measurements for that. You can look. Does God have the primary time in your schedule? Yeah. Is church the first thing that gets taken off the list when it's been a busy weekend? Hmm. Um, does God have the first of your finances? Yeah. Um, I can't teach my kids to tithe and to be generous if I'm not doing it myself. That's good. Does God have the first of my time? Do I spend time in his word? Um, I think those are some things. But then there's some real practical things like, for example, one of our daughters was really um, getting into soccer. And she wanted to play on a competitive team. I played on a competitive team growing up. And so I gave a call and found out all the details. And it was, you know, was going to be quite expensive and things like that. But we were willing to you know, to do that. But then the, the real kicker for me was tell me about the time commitment. Mm. Tell me about the schedule because here's a couple of things that are non-negotiable church. Yeah. Church and family time. They're not going to be, no. uh, we're not going to sacrifice that. She's probably not going to go play in the world cup. And even if she did, I'd rather her go to heaven than play in the world cup. 
Yeah. And so we decided to not do this because it was going to take away way too many Sundays, which any Sunday is too many for us. Yeah. Um, Our daughter, our oldest daughter, literally... I don't think she's ever missed a Sunday of church. <laughs> I don't think We've so. We've talked about it. Like yeah. one of the other ones was sick one week and one was born and was in the, in the neonatal ICU. I can't believe it. But, <laughs> but the other one, and they, they don't miss. Yeah. Wednesday nights. That's important for, for practice. They, they, if, if practice is going to be at that time, we're going to be going to church instead. Yeah. So there's some things. It, it, that Having a God-centered home, it made that easy. Oh yeah, that's the the decision was there before us really. We knew. I got the details and yeah. I I didn't I mean we talked about it but I was already like it's not going to work. Yeah. We already knew because we had talked about it. That's how our our home works. So it really determines the practicals. I want my kids to be involved in a lot of other things. Not at the expense of their relationship with Christ though. And so that was it, it made it easy. So when you have God-centered homes, it helps yes. direct your decisions. It helps direct what school our kids go to, mm-hmm. all the things that happen in our home. It Everything. directs that. And so it's key. Yeah, it's huge. And I think some people might say, well, isn't that, that man, isn't that legalism about missing this or missing that? I would say absolutely not. Because uh, I think who's first? It's not out of legalism that we're in church. It's out of our love for Christ. Well, it's you out know, of it's the funny fact that we that say that about We want church. to be rooted in a church family. Well, but we say that about church, but like, if we said that about school, we wouldn't say that. Like if if, if, if somebody said, man, it's so legalistic that you make them go to school every day. Really? Those kids like, with perfect attendance. Laws. Those like, are legalists out there. I, you know, come <laughs> exactly. on. I, I, don't, I just think that's a, I think that's a complete bunk argument. I, I do as well. I do as well. I, I just wanted to highlight that because I think that might be an objection. But I, I think. But it holds no water. Exactly. And it's about, it's about relationships. So legalist, you go to work every day. What? You I got to work on that. I, gotta, I don't want to be. That's like life. Yeah. You have to, te- I mean, you know. Sorry, I'll get triggered about that because it's not legalism. Yeah. You're teaching. Oh, you can get exactly. up for, for, for school on Monday. It's true. But church, we, you know, we had a rough weekend. We just, exactly. Woo! We just. Now you're preaching it, girl. You are. I don't have a hanky. <laughs> well, uh, but come on. You're teaching your kids who, who exactly. gets the glory. That's true. It, Sorry. With I everything... mean, I know. And I love you. You can. You, <laughs> I love you, I, but I'm going to love you enough to speak the truth. Exactly. Don't expect your kids to go to heaven when you make ch- church an add-on. When my kids, if we don't go in the rapture, we're planning on it. Someday my kids are going to be at my funeral. Um, you know, I don't want them. I'd rather them say, wow, my dad left a legacy if we were in God's house. We read God's word. We talked about God's yeah. word. You know, uh, you know, we went to soccer and did that. That's great. That's fun. But the legacy I want to leave, and this is why I look from the end of the beginning, is that, man, yeah. we, we loved God. And we do all those other things, oh, too. We do but it. you can yeah. do it all. You can go yeah. to the pumpkin patch. <laughs> and you, you can go yeah. to the to the holiday worlds and, and all the things. Exactly. It can be done. But it's what's what's first. Yep. Who's first? What's first? What's your go end goal? Go have fun. My yeah. goodness. Go to the movies. Yes. Yeah. Buy some popcorn. Buy some pop- popcorn. Do that. 
<laughs> All right, we, we so, need to wrap this up. Yeah, let's up. wrap this up. Hey, we love you guys. We're praying for you. Hey, subscribe. Um, rate and review an Apple podcast on YouTube. Share. Share. Let everybody know what's going on. This is out there. Um, hey, we're praying for you. We cannot wait to see you on the next episode of the Deep Rooted Podcast. We will see you then. Oh,